Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Clay Wilson. In the programme this week, it's all things Commonwealth Games as we reflect on what has been a successful and at times controversial week for New Zealand athletes on the Gold Coast. With track cycling, swimming, squash, weightlifting, shot put, hammer throw and mountain biking all contributing, the Kiwi team has lifted their tally of gold medals into double figures. And it's likely they won't be done there, with plenty more chances to add to that tally during the final few days and eclipse the team's effort of 45 total medals at the Glasgow Games four years ago. I spoke with RNZ sports editor Stephen Hewson, who was on the Gold Coast, and asked him what the standout moments of the past week had been for the New Zealand contingent. I mean, I suppose we should uh, possibly start with the mountain biking. I mean, it's sort of a, a gold and a silver for Sam Gaze and Anton Cooper. Uh, but uh, I suppose the, the big talking point was uh, the reaction of Sam Gaze to Anton Cooper and uh, calling, calling him unsportsmanlike. He, uh, of course, apologised for, for that later on, but it's certainly um, soured, I suppose, what's been the the highlight for New Zealand at these games so far. Uh, the the I, he seemed to think that because uh, he punctured uh, that uh, Anton Cooper should have stopped and sort of waited for him. They were out in front, of course, at that stage of the, the race. Whether they'd um, agreed to work as a team, I, I suppose, is uh, maybe behind uh, his uh, comments and dissatisfaction. I know they did that at, at Glasgow. They certainly worked, worked as a combo when uh, they got the... Uh, also finished first and second, and at that point they were. It was actually a similar situation because they had an Australian rider going with them at that time, rather than the South African. Um, but uh, yeah, so maybe that was part of the factor behind it. But uh, yeah, I suppose it just shows how heated things get and how determined these guys are. And obviously that, uh, um, I suppose, the anger uh, that Sam Gaze felt no doubt drove him on because at the point uh, he was what 30 seconds behind Anton Cooper when he finally. Uh, then caught up with him. That drove him on to, to eventually pick up gold. So, I don't know, maybe it worked for his favour in the end. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I saw his comments basically saying that the emotion is what made him react, perhaps, in not the best way, but it's also what was the key to him getting back up there. It was a pretty remarkable recovery in the end, wasn't it? Indeed, indeed. And, I mean, Anton, Anton Cooper said, well, what was I supposed to do? Stop and let the South African go on and win gold? Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, I, I think, Gaze is just simply, he's overreacted and it's unfortunate given the, the way it sort of turned out being uh, gold and silver for New Zealand. There's some suggestion these guys weren't that close beforehand. Is there any inkling of that from over there? Oh, I think they had a professional relationship. I mean, I don't think they're close mates or anything. Um, they obviously ride for different professional teams. Uh, that, that Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't think that they're sort of enemies or anything like that. They just simply, it's a professional uh, relationship when they come together to ride for New Zealand, uh, presumably I don't think they sort of spend uh, away any time away together or a mate particularly away from mountain biking. Um, and, 
yeah, it's a, it's a professional relationship when they come to, together to work for, for uh, or, or ride for New Zealand. Okay, and, and a number of other gold medals for Kiwis this week. So what else has sort of stood out? Well, over the, the past week, um, I mean, what, we're up to, to 10 so far. I mean, the, the gold medals have come, I suppose, in the areas we expect them to come in. The, the track cycling, they've obviously, they did extremely well uh, with Sam Webster winning two gold there. Um, the Commonwealth Games, it's interesting because some of the memories you end up with or, or, or highlights are not necessarily the gold medal ones. Um, I mean, Lewis Clearbert getting a bronze medal in the pool was a, a top effort because... Uh, for a number of reasons. The swimming program has been so disappointing in the, the last few years. Um, he's an interesting story because he turned down Swimming New Zealand's uh, offer to go and join the high-performance program in Auckland, saying he wanted to stay in Wellington and work with his coach in Wellington. So he goes to university there, and he's, he's stuck doing with what he believed was best for him, and it's obviously paid off, and he's going to be a guy to, to watch for in the, in the future. Um uh, coming coming up over the, the weekend, I suppose, because we're counting down the final few days of the competition, uh, we've got Eliza McCartney and Dame Valerie Adams. You know, what, what a way it could be for Dame Valerie Adams to, to leave international competition, if that, which seems to be the, the case. This could well be her final hurrah. Um, and she's chasing a fourth consecutive gold medal at the Commonwealth Games. Eliza McCartney... You know, the pressure's on her this time because she's the one that uh, everyone's looking at. Uh, I suppose she was sort of un- un- relative unknown at the Rio Olympics where she picked up a bronze medal and now she comes to the Commonwealth Games with, with a target on her. But uh, so two, hopefully two gold medals there on the, at the, uh, the track and field. And then, of course, over the weekend, it gets really busy with uh, the rugby sevens, both the men and the women. We expect the basketballers to be in the, the gold medal playoff match, the men's basketballers, that is, against Australia. Uh, and uh, hockey, the hockey, both the hockey teams are going to be chasing medals. Uh, women already through to the gold medal playoff, uh, and the, the men are playing India later on tonight, which will decide whether they go into the gold medal match or they're playing off for, for bronze. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, busy, busy, sort of closing few days to uh, the the games. Just a word on the hockey women's team because it's something that hasn't necessarily been their strong point getting over the line in those close games last night and it seems to be something that the New Zealanders seem to grip onto the hockey at these major events so that was a pretty gutsy effort from them last night Yeah it was, I mean as soon as it got into penalty shootout mode I imagine there were a fair few nervous people around because uh, historically they haven't done too well at that, it was interesting they swapped out their goalkeepers didn't they to uh, uh, they took the the regular goalkeeper off and the reserve keeper came on with basically a notepad so she knew pretty much where or thought she was going to know, knew where the, uh, the England players were going to, uh, how they're going to approach the penalty shootout, and she was pretty much spot on because uh, they ended up winning the uh, that match two one on penalties, and that's put them through. But yeah, it's certainly penalty shootouts certainly been something that's been a, a weakness for for them in, in recent years, and it's cost them uh, dearly once once or twice at some major tournaments. And just finally, any sort of inkling where we might end up on finally on this medal table? I think. 54 medals was thrown around as one of, if not our most successful efforts. I think we're about 31, 32 now. Any idea over the next, I guess, week where we're going to end up in that final tally? Well, I suppose it's going to depend on how the likes of wrestling and boxing go and sort of, I mean, we've sort of talked about there about the gold medal prospects, but I mean, I suppose it's the, the silver and the bronze and then top up your, your medal table. So there's 
wrestling, boxing, and, and shooting uh, have got a few sort of medals to go. And whether we can pick up medals there, I mean, it may not get to. I, I, I doubt we'll get to the the mid fifties. Uh, but yeah, who, who knows? I mean, because you know things can can, can happen. But uh, yeah, and it's going to depend on the likes of wrestling, boxing, and, and shooting to sort of uh, sneak maybe some bronze medals or silver medals along the way. That was RNZ Sports Editor Stephen Hewson with the latest from the Gold Coast. Of the many highlights for Kiwi athletes so far at these Commonwealth Games, track cycling has been responsible for plenty. Sam Webster put the icing on the cake of that success with victory in the individual sprint, his second gold of the Games after the team sprint trio defended their title earlier in the programme. Members of the media, including RNZ's Joe Porter, caught up with Webster after his individual glory and started by asking him if it was an event where everything went to plan. Yeah, everything clicked really well today. I felt good throughout my warm-up and I knew that I had good condition after the team sprint and that I had to take confidence from that and then race with confidence and be very assertive today. And I was able to put myself in a position to win races and was able to also make the most of some of my opponent's mistakes and race with in an opportunistic fashion that meant that I ended up actually picking up some rides earlier in the day that meant I wasn't as taxed later on through so it was good and yeah body and mind felt in a really good space today. And it seems overall that the sprinters have really clicked at these games haven't they? Have you guys done anything differently or what is it about the, the sprinters in particular that, that it seems to be going so well for you guys at the moment? Not a whole lot's changed really. We had a good critical look at the environment and all the training that we'd done after the World Championships, but it was faith in the program and faith in what we'd done before that got us through to this position here and we knew what we were going to be facing here and the work that we'd done. And, and it all just came together at the right time and you know you love it when a plan comes together. So it's uh, pretty special when that, that can come off, especially after a month ago. It was a pretty tough time when we tried some new things and it didn't quite come off so I think that we kind of looked around and said we're going here to do ourselves proud, we've got faith in the programme and we were looking for harmony just in terms of our performances and also off the bike. Sammy defended both your sprint titles here men's sprint and your of course individual sprint, just how pleasing is that? Yeah it's pretty special, it's something that I was trying to be very conscious of not letting myself get caught up in that defending titles mm-hmm. that they were up for grabs again yeah. so that was really important for me to take that mindset that there was no entitlement that there was no approach of I've had this before it was more a process of I know how to win this race that computer processor of a brain you've got must go at 100 miles a minute to go to think through all those things in a race that lasts such a short amount of time. I think it has to become instinctive, and the only way it can become instinctive is by learning. The biggest goal is to try outlearn your opposition. That's the only way that you can get better. If you outlearn them in terms of a training method, it means that you train better and you turn up faster. But also with that decision-making, it really has to be super sharp, and you have to have confidence and understanding all of the opportunities in the race and then being able to see the one for the rider you're against, the gear ratio they're riding, where you're positioned on the track. So it, it has to become very intuitive and it requires a, a good level of flow between your legs and your head and that's something that I'm always chasing and tonight was a pretty special night where I had all of those things in line. 
you're usually fairly understated in your celebrations, but tonight there was a few fist pumps in the air. Obviously, you were pretty stoked that everything came off the way it did. Yeah, it was pretty special to to win. Had my my parents and my sister and auntie and uncle in the crowd, and just the atmosphere in there was incredible. And to get it, particularly when Jack came so fast in that last ride, when I biked through, it was so close. I wasn't sure if I'd actually got it, so I rolled half a lap and then. Normally you know you've won, so you, you deal with it a little bit better. But when I was rolling around looking at the big board, waiting, and then when the light goes green next to my name, that's just a massive rush of adrenaline, and it's a super special euphoric moment, and that's that's what I race my bike for. I absolutely love it. That split second makes the days, months, years of hard slog all worth it. New Zealand track cyclist Sam Webster there, reflecting on his success. Webster wasn't the only Kiwi to win gold on day three. Paris swimming star Sophie Pascoe taking out the 200 metres individual medley crown. Pascoe followed that up two days later with a second gold in the 100 metres breaststroke and afterwards spoke to Megan Whelan who started by asking the champion swimmer if the two titles were ever in doubt. Look, I mean, the, the field got so strong over the past four years, so I actually came uh, and ranked fourth in that breaststroke yesterday, so I knew that I had a tough one. Uh, but obviously, with doing a personal best time in the morning, really boosted my confidence knowing that I could obviously back it up at night. And, you know, it wasn't quite the time that I wanted um, from both nights, but uh, it was about going out and, and getting those two goals and retaining them. You, you had an Aussie pretty close behind you in that in that race. I did. Uh, look, I mean, I went out probably a little bit too fast in the first 15, probably excitement uh, from the morning. But, um, you know, to, I heard, obviously, the crowd just going nuts in that last 10 metres, so it was just about head down and get, get to the wall first. What are you looking forward to now? Uh, look, I'm really looking forward to obviously being... Um, going around and supporting the rest of our teammates. I've never been in this position before that I've um, actually finished early and uh, now I can actually stay stay around and watch the rest of our teammates um, succeed and and be proud representatives for New Zealand. Four Commonwealth Golds, Olympic Golds, World Champs, does it ever all blur in together? How do you keep track of everything you've won? Oh, look, every race has its own special memory, and I, I remember every race so vividly, um, you know, when, every time I, 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 when I look at those medals. So, um, you know, every time I'm so proud to hear that national anthem, and every medal is so precious to me as well. Um, they may sit in a plastic bag at home, <laughs> but, you know, when they do come out, then it's that, it's that moment where I get to remember what I've actually achieved, but how much support goes into that to be able to achieve that as well. Looking around here in this stadium last night, I mean, it feels a bit like you're at home. Absolutely. I mean, uh, when I was doing the victory lap last night around the pool, you know, there was just so many New Zealanders and Kiwis in the stand, and that means so much to us. It has felt like a very much a home game, and that goes down right down to NZOC, making the village feel so homely. And, uh, you know, it, it goes right back to, obviously, um, you know, how many days we train for this. You know, you put it all together for these athletes. We train every single day uh, for, you know, less than sometimes a few minutes of racing, and that's what it comes down to. The two more to add to that, that plastic bag. Where exactly does it live in the house? <laughs> Actually, they live at my parents' house. Um, so I, they're very proud parents, and I'm very fortunate enough to obviously 
um, have them come and support me and, and I've had so many of my other family members come over as well, my sister and auntie and uncle and cousins and, and many other friends and you know, for me, the proudest moment of all is when that national anthem plays and I get to change an image of what my dad lives through every single day and what my family went through at you know, the age of two and a half and become a world champion and a Commonwealth Games champion now. That was RNZ's Megan Whelan chatting to gold medal winning swimmer Sophie Pascoe. One of the New Zealand team's most hard-earned medals of these games so far went to squash player Joelle King, who won gold in the women's singles. The world number four, who has fought her way back from a ruptured Achilles to the top echelon of her sport, beat England's Sarah-Jane Perry in a gripping five-game final. After clinching New Zealand's first squash singles gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, King spoke to media, including RNZ's Megan Whelan. Yeah, I mean, it's taken a bit to actually sink in. I think I'm just exhausted at the moment and um, obviously looking forward to the doubles. Um, so you can't really sort of get too excited. You've got another event to play. But, yeah, as, as I said, you know, I came here, I wanted to win gold. Um, it was a very different Joel King 12 months ago to what I am now. And um, I'm just, you know, to be honest, I'm just really proud of the fact that I just left it all out there today. And even if I lost... Um, I gave it absolutely everything. So you yeah. won a gold medal before, but given the you know the tough times you went through 12 months ago, does this make it a little bit more special that you were able to climb back and win gold? Yeah, I think not just 12 months ago. My injury um, three years ago was probably one of the toughest times as well. You know, it's uh, can be a career-ending injury, an Achilles rupture for one, um, and I was out of the game for nine months. And uh, coming back, it was it was exciting, but it was quite a realisation as well when I did come back that the game had moved on and players had improved, the game had become way better, the level was much higher than when I was four in the world last time and uh, you know that's a battle in itself to to kind of realise yeah I had to come back to where I was but I actually had to be better so it's taken a few years of um, learning, listening, um, opening myself up to new adventures, um, a new coach and a new base and uh, yeah, it makes that all worthwhile. What was it like doing it in front of your family? Because I bumped into a few of them before and they were, they were pretty emotional. I mean, that must make you feel pretty good. Yeah, family, um, my squash team and my family as well. You know, to be in front of all the New Zealanders that came out and supported, it's something so much bigger than just yourself. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud of myself, to be honest. Um, as I said, it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of tears, uh, a lot of pain. But... Um, getting up on that podium with a gold medal is pretty special. And the first New Zealander to do that in the singles. Yeah, it's uh, I can't believe that actually because we have such a rich history of squash and you know especially women's squash we've always been really strong so another thing to be proud of you know leading um, that little piece of history for squash um, and something I'm guessing you know in years to come I'll look back and, and be pretty proud of that. Squash star Joelle King there. As far as feel-good stories for Kiwi athletes go, it has been hard to go past the gold medal won by weightlifter David Letty. The 21-year-old Tongan-raised lifter captured the hearts of many with his superb display in the men's 105-plus kilogram division. Still beaming the following day, Litty spoke with Checkpoint host John Campbell about how it felt to be wearing gold. Uh, pretty proud. Um, I never really thought I could uh, pull it off. 
myself and uh, it's unreal and I can't really explain how to feel and um, even even today when I woke up I was like man am I dreaming or is this for real? It, it is for real it's real gold that you are wearing. Uh, can you talk about the lift? Tell us about the lift. From our friends at TVNZ we have the footage the 229 and at, at what stage did you know you had this? Uh, as soon as I got it off the ground and I racked it and I stood up, I had a good hand grip, so I knew I had it. The only thing was uh, I doubted my legs and the power that would come through from the bottom. And um, as soon as I locked out and stood up, uh, I was so happy and I, I, I can't actually believe that I actually got it. And at the moment, I was just so proud and happy um, to be able to represent New Zealand and the family and, uh, yeah. You held the New Zealand on your shirt. You held it for a long time, didn't you? You held it out to the crowd. That, that, that was a moment of great pride and the crowd was making a huge amount of noise. I wanted them to know that uh, New Zealand was in the house <laughs> and that uh, they, were not a little, they were not a little island in Australia. A little island out of Australia that will take over soon somehow. New Zealand is in the house and Tonga to a certain extent too because you spent a lot of your childhood in Tonga, didn't you? Yeah, um, I was New Zealand born, uh, Tongan raised and I came back to New Zealand when I was uh, 10 years old and I've uh, been there since, so yeah. And, and there you were at One Tree Hill College, year 10 I think. Classic Kiwi kid, not really sure what you wanted to do, and someone said to the woman who became your coach and mentor, Tina, uh, this kid's got what it takes as a lifter. Is that what happened? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, as, a, as a kid, um, interested to do whatever. Uh, just followed some of the, my friends to weightlifting, started doing it. Uh, <laughs> didn't really like it, it wasn't as fun as rugby, so I went back to rugby. And um, I had a talk with my coach one, one day and she, she just basically said, do you want to be just another number in the field or a world-class lifter? And that kind of hit me hard and um, that's, that's the, I guess, the point. Um, I decided that I want to be a world-class lifter. And you are one. You're number one in the Commonwealth. You have a Commonwealth record. Uh, you already have a world ranking, but you know, and I think everyone knows, that this is kind of the beginning of something even more extraordinary for you, right? What are you thinking about the Olympics in 2020? Uh, there's a lot more to come, and um, 2020 Japan will be fun. Uh, the goal is to uh, at least medal, but uh, if I can do my best and have fun with that competition too, um, I'll be glad of whatever I come out with. And you haven't had much money. You had to have a given little to get you to the world champs, right? So now that you've won gold, you're starting, you'll get some financial backing, which will make a hell of a difference, won't it? Yeah, um, the whole weightlifting side of financial and stuff is uh, not that great. <laughs> but uh, every trip has been, the 90% of the trips has been uh, self-funded, and I'm thankful for my coach for supporting me and backing me and um, doing everything for me to be able to get me out there and um, do, what I, do what I'm good at. Weightlifting gold medalist Dave Litty there speaking to John Campbell on Checkpoint. And finally this week, we go to one of the oldest and most intriguing sports on any games programme. 
After claiming silver at Glasgow four years ago, hammer thrower Julia Ratcliffe went one better with her golden effort on a rainy night at the Carrara Stadium. The 24-year-old from Hamilton spoke to Joe Porter after she had stood at the top of the podium and told him what it felt like to tick off one of her biggest goals. Oh, it's incredible. Honestly, I didn't expect to be here. Like, I, I said to a few other people, like, this is probably the comp that I really wanted to win the most. Like, I just wanted to hear that national anthem. Um, and I didn't think it was going to happen, really. But, you know, everyone can dream, and here we are. So it's just incredible. And for yeah. lack of a better term, you were throwing some pretty mud throws in practice. You had a wee chat to your dad, and what inspired you to put out the gold-winning effort? Oh, yeah. Honestly, I don't know what happened. Um, I had like a rest day and a half and so usually that makes me pretty fresh and I, I think just the nerves hit me pretty hard and I was uh this season so I do four turns um and so I for the last 10 years or so I was doing uh, a toe turn and three heel turns and for some reason I and this season we've gone to four heel turns and for some reason I decided to try old technique um just unconsciously <laughs> uh, and so um, after two throws like that, I was freaking out. Uh, but I did quick, I, like I managed to figure out what the problem was, which doesn't often happen. <laughs> and so, that, yeah, I was definitely freaking out a bit. Um, but no, managed to pull it together and got one out on the first throw, which definitely calmed the nerves a lot. And I knew I could go from it, go for it from there. So, yeah, thank goodness that happened because it could have gone really wrong otherwise. <laughs> when was the moment that you thought, hey, I might have the gold medal here? Uh, seeing Sophie throw that third throw into the cage, um, so her and Gillian were both out. Um, yeah, I was kind of like, oh wow, you really got to hold it together now because Alex Hulley, um, who got silver medal, was kind of coming for me and she tossed a big one out, which was close to a PB for her. So, yeah, glad to get that fifth round throw out. And also, like, you don't get to throw on the stage very often and it's like a really good chance because you're just so hyped up on adrenaline and caffeine and things like that, that it's just a good chance to throw far. And so I was kind of like, yeah, I could sit on this throw and hope, hope that I win it or I could get out there and just have some good throws. So, no, it was just great to be out there. So much fun. And you spend a lot of your time at Princeton in the United States, and when you were back home in New Zealand, you train in a muddy paddock throwing hammers around, so it's quite a juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, so I'm home from the States now for good, so I graduated in June. Um, it was a bit sad to leave. Uh, but, no, so I, mum and dad are in a lifestyle block in Hamilton, yeah. and so I throw, dad, I, dad put a concrete circle in the backyard, so I throw into the backyard, and there's all the livestock of the neighbours kind of watching on, so that's quite funny, and we try not to hit them. So. <laughs> and, look, does this inspire you for Tokyo 2020? Oh, definitely, it's just... Yeah, just chasing that podium, chasing that anthem. It's just such a great feeling that not many people get to experience. So, you know, it's just you always want more. <laughs> You've had a silver draped around your neck before, but what was it like standing on the top of the dais with the New Zealand anthem playing and a gold draped around your neck? It's really no fun hearing other people's anthems. Like, it's really not. You don't know the words first. I quite like singing, so it's like you don't know the words, so you can't even sing along, not that you want to. But, no, it was just awesome to be able to be out there and sing along. It was just, no, un- like uncomparable to anything else. And you're now a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. Has it sunk in yet? Definitely not. I don't think. I think it's like when you kind of get home and open your laptop or your phone and you get all the messages. That's when it really sinks in. It's just those supporters that make it make it real for you, eh? Because it's kind of like, oh yeah, I've tossed a medal ball quite far, but what does it really mean? But like all the love from back home is nah, it just really makes it real. That was hammer thrower Julia Ratcliffe reflecting on her games gold medal with Joe Porter. That's extra time for this week. Remember, you can contact us via email at sport at radioNZ.co.nz. And you can also follow us for all the latest sport on Twitter at RNZ Sport. On behalf of the Extra Time team, I'm Clay Wilson. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.